Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. From Luminary, this is Karamo, a podcast. Hey friends, welcome to Karamo. I am your host, Karamo, and today I want to talk about our bodies. You ever notice how people feel real comfortable commenting on our bodies or offering advice on our bodies when we didn't ask for it? And I'm talking about your mama, your daddy, that aunt you only talk to twice a year, your boyfriend, your friends, even strangers on the street feel very entitled to discuss our bodies. But most people feel entitled to talk about our bodies or give advice because they are quote unquote trying to help or quote unquote wanting to support us because they love us. Often the comments or advice on our bodies isn't birthed out of hate, but does that make it right? So today I wanna discuss, is it okay to comment on other people's bodies or to give fitness advice to someone who is overweight even in the name of love? Well, a guy by the name of TJ hit me up because he's dealing with people commenting on his body and giving him unsolicited fitness advice. Don't worry, TJ, I got you. We can talk about that. And then I'll be talking to trans male supermodel and entertainer extraordinaire Leif Ashley about his journey of people commenting on his body and how he deals with it. Listen, friends, we all have different feelings on this topic. So without further ado, let's start talking and growing. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really thank appreciate you. you. So I want to go backwards a little bit and talk about your childhood. What was that like? I know you said you were in therapy. Why did you go into therapy, if you don't mind sharing? In late middle school, early high school, I started to exhibit signs of depression. Like, I thought everything was awful and terrible all the time, and I was sad, and I hated myself. All of the normal things that you would see in classical signs of depression. Yeah. And, and what do you think that was caused by? Oh, a lot of things. There's no direct trauma early in life or anything like that. Like, I was chubby in elementary school. I, was, I have no actual memory of being a normal weight as a human being, mm -hmm. ever. I was. There are pictures of when I was a little kid, but even by elementary school, I was already pudgy. But I was harassed because I was very full of myself. Yeah. And I was made fun of for that, and I didn't react to it well. And I think that's where it sort of started, and then that rolled into self-doubt and became depression. You said, I've never been a normal weight. In your mind, what's a normal weight? I couldn't physically participate in all of the things that I wanted to do that everybody else was doing. Yeah. Like the worst day in elementary school from first grade to fourth grade was field day. It was the worst day of the entire year that everybody else looked forward to. And I could never come up with a good enough excuse for my mother to not have to go to school that day. Yeah. Not only I had to watch myself fail, but everybody else had to watch me fail because we were all forced to be there. Mm -hmm. 
And it's hard to not just watch yourself fail, but to know that there's a group of people watching you fail. Yeah. I think that we're in a space right now in our culture where people just assume certain things based on our appearance. When you started talking about the journey you've been through with your weight, what do you feel when people give you that unsolicited advice? So it's like, oh, do you know about the paleo diet? People talk about the paleo diet all the time. I'm like, yeah, not only do I know about the paleo diet, I know about the Mediterranean diet, the caveman diet, the, uh, the Adkins diet, all of the other diets. I know about all of them, but none of those mattered for me because I already have the life experience with me and my body and the damage I did doing this to myself because it was part of my depression and my mental illness that I literally tried to cushion and hide myself mm. with food and yeah. eating. And it was an emotional thing for me. Yeah. And I got through that and deal with it now and figured out for me that the key is habits. Yes. So I read a book on habits. That was like my biggest game changer ever. But I want to go back because when I asked you about how did the unsolicited advice make you feel, you sort of talked about the advice they gave. Okay. I want to know what do you feel in those moments? And the reason I'm asking you this is because I think that sometimes people are trying to be well-intentioned. And yeah. so they assume that, oh, we're friends. Let me help you. And don't realize how that makes you feel as just a human being. It makes me feel like they think that I'm stupid, that I don't know any better, that I obviously can't figure this out on my own. It makes me know I'm being judged. I know how I feel about me, and I'm pretty solid on that most days. But sometimes you're having a bad day, and somebody's like, hey, I think you should try this cool new diet that somebody came out with three days ago where you're going to drink lemon water and cayenne pepper for a week and you'll be fine afterwards. And I look down at my morbidly obese self and go, if lemon water and cayenne pepper could fix this, yeah. I would have been fine 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that because I think, you know, when you share, like, how it makes you feel, I think that is an, the level that people don't hear. They think that you feel a certain way about how you look, and so they think they're aiding you in by saying, oh, no, 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 do this, do this. Like, I care about you, do this. A very good friend of mine, uh, her young son is on the spectrum, and she gets a lot of unsolicited advice, especially when she starts to just say, hey, I had to deal with this really hard thing today. And everybody used to come in with all these, oh, have you tried X, Y, and Z? Like, I would get, have you tried this diet? Have you tried this exercise program? Why don't you just eat less food? Yeah. And then she started to post about how she had all of these feelings. And I found that the thing that I, that I figured out that I could give to her as my friend was to literally just walk up and give her a hug and be like, hey, how are you today? In that moment, right after somebody gave her some terrible piece of advice. And it doesn't matter if it was great advice or good advice, well-intentioned or not. In that moment, that's not what she needed. She needed support. So what do you need when you're dealing with everyday people? I mean, the obvious thing, which, you know, when I ask that question, I want to make sure people understand you're a human being, so you should just be treated with respect and dignity. Yes. But it, for your experience, when someone gives you that advice, what do you need them to understand or know? I need to find a way to politely show them their own behavior. I don't want to tell them, hey, you're wrong. Hey, I'm awesome in that moment because I want them to know what they did hurt me and affected me. That'll hopefully make less people do it and then I won't have to go through it as often. But people are used to doing that with their family, their friends, people they encounter all the mm -hmm. time. 
So they think it's okay. Yeah. But it's it's really not. And do you believe that your weight also makes people feel because of the way culture is, our society is, gives them sort of an extra piece of permission? So they know that they have an advantage over me because they can clearly do things I can't do. In their mind. No, no, they have their actual things that they can okay. do that I can't do. I can't walk into a regular clothing store or a mall and shop for clothes, mm -hmm. which is fine. Will I eventually be able to? Absolutely. Right now, I can go to a store where I can get clothes and look like my probably Republican college professors. <laughs> you walk out of there, and I, I have to work. I have to work hard to not look like I'm 55. Got it. And. When AARP sends that card in the mail every year since I turned 30 for some reason, yeah. I'm like, just stop mocking me. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. What are some of the other perceived advantages people feel they have over you? So one of the things, so my friends, I love my friends. I love my family. They're great. Mm -hmm. And they don't remember how large I am and some of the difficulties that can cause. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't go on a roller coaster. Okay. Because I don't fit in a roller coaster seat with a strap, which is fine because I don't like roller coasters. Yeah. But people can go wherever they want. They can do whatever they want. They fit in those spaces. People will complain about airline seats, but airlines, actually, the ones that I've been on work really well with me, and I figured out ways to deal with that. Yeah. But when you're in the airport and you need that second seat next to you and you're on an airline where it's not assigned seats, you, you are often looked at like you're the devil. Wow. Um, yeah. And those moments, that's sometimes where you find your best allies because some of the people that work on the plane just show up and literally sit on or kneel on the seat next to you. Yeah. And act like somebody's supposed to be there. Yeah. But that's one of those sort of awful moments where every single person walking by you, whether they're judging you or not, no matter how mentally prepared you are for that moment, it, it's it's the worst. Yeah. It is the that that's the worst moment in public. You brought up allies and said that there's in those situations people stop and support you. Is that something that you encourage or that you appreciate, or is it something that actually sort of puts more of a spotlight on you that you don't want? It depends on how you do it. Okay. I just talking to you, you can see me. I'm I'm opening up, my hands are moving, I'm smiling, I'm engaging, I'm looking at you, I want to talk to you. In that moment, it's okay. If you see someone of size and they're shrinking down, part of what I learned through years of therapy is part of it was me trying to hide myself in a larger sort of cushion around myself. Yeah. And that might be what that person's doing or what they're going through. And it's kind of like the the headphone rule people have on like the subway or something or on the bus or the train. Don't talk to them while they have their, their headphones in unless you're going to try and excuse yourself into the conversation. Got it. If your headphones are on basically in right, that moment, yeah, you're yeah. like, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to, I, I kind of just want to get through this. And they are seeing you and they're like, but I want to support. So what is in that moment should they do or should they do nothing? When that flight attendant came and knelt on the seat next to me, she didn't kneel on that seat next to me and tell people to go away and not sit next to me. She just did her normal job and acted like there was no reason why she wouldn't be kneeling there anyway. Yeah. She made it seem just like headphones, a normal everyday thing, or that she was speaking to me. Like when we were chatting, it was just a normal conversation that had nothing to do with my weight. In that moment, it was the support that the flight attendant gave you, but without expressing they were giving the support. Yes, like so. I knew what she was doing, but she didn't do it in a way where I felt judged. 
just a positive human interaction should be the guiding force in everything people do. If I was to put myself in the other situation, would I feel like this was a positive human reaction? And if I didn't, then I'm going to stop myself from doing it. Judgment always, if it's depending on how it's given, it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm in a career where you're constantly judged on your skills and your talents on how you're performing. And that's totally okay. I I am a trained opera singer. That's my it's my thing. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. I was at a competition once. I thought I did really well. It was one of my favorite competitions that I sang in, and I thought I did really well for those three judges. And I got my scores back, and I had two sets of really really high, really good scores with good feedback, positive stuff, and stuff I could work on to make it even better. And then the third judge gave me all zeros in every single category and wrote one word on the piece of paper. And that word was fat. Are you serious? No lie. I'm so sorry. Thank you. It was a terrible moment. Plenty of people apologized to me. The person who did that didn't. I'm not in a position where I can demand that from them. More than anything, I was I was really angry. Like, it hurt, but I was more angry than anything else. Yeah. Really? that That's what you cared about? Yeah, you got all the other good scores and then this one judge. What do you normally say in those moments? Do you just walk away? The way I was raised was to say, thank you, I appreciate that, smile and walk away. I've gotten away from that because that encourages that behavior, and I don't want to promote that behavior. I can't say to them. What would you like to say? I would like to say something that I can't say in front of a microphone. Yes, you can. Uh, No, no, I don't. uh, Yes, you can. I would really like to look at them and say, go fuck yourself, go away. Yes. Like, you are a terrible person for saying that. Why would you say that to anyone? Yeah. Like, that is actually a terrible thing to say to someone. What made you do that? Yeah. And I want to know why they did it. Not just because I feel like I have a right to know why, but so I can tell them why I think their why is wrong. Now, I know that that's not always the best thing to do, but... I disagree. And let me tell you something right now. Go ahead, please. I actually believe that's the best way, and that would actually be the advice I would give you. Okay. Is in those moments... Stopping them. I actually am not opposed to the fuck off, just to be honest with you, because (laughs) sometimes people need to wake up. And I'm a big believer in effective, calm communication. Trust me, everyone who knows me has seen it. But I also believe that sometimes you have to say, not today, Satan. I'm not playing with you. I'm I'm not doing it. You know better. It's not okay. Right. But I do understand that that type of communication can then lead to more of an aggressive, you know, response. And so what I think is important, which I would recommend, is a simple question for you. Why do you think that's okay to tell me that? But I think practicing in safe moments, like at work or in a friend circle, will allow you to practice more. Because figuring out why they feel that's okay and then letting them know why that's not okay is the only way people can grow and learn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That exact phrase. Hey, why did you think it was okay to say that to me? It gets the fuck you feeling out of me. Yeah. And it also gets me a response without hopefully shutting them down. Yeah. Because even if they don't respond, it at least show them that their behavior wasn't wasn't well-received. It wasn't appropriate. Yeah. It's also darn right disrespectful. Yeah. And I think we need to get to a place where people truly understand that positive human interactions is what we should be striving for. Because the only thing that's going to help this is education. And unfortunately, especially when we're talking about weight, um, it's similar to some degree with race, sexuality. They fill in the blanks with what they've seen on television, in the media, or conversations they've heard with family members or friends. Yes. And so people need to understand that they should stop filling in the blanks and start allowing you to share your own story. And when you share your own story, you're able to tell them, hey, this is who I am. I'm so much more than what you're filling in the blank or assuming or judging when you see me. And then also you get to understand that I'm not asking for your advice or help because I already know the journey I'm on and the journey I'm on is my own. And if I want your advice on that journey, I will ask for help. But if not, please don't give it. Um, TJ, I have to tell you, it is extraordinary meeting you. Thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate you. you. Was this good? It was fantastic. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time. If you've had similar experiences, I don't think that it's wrong to offer someone who's overweight advice. And I also feel like it depends on how well you know someone. Like, I would never just go up to somebody who I don't know and be like, hey, you should do this or you need to do this because you can't ever tell somebody else how to live their life. And you don't kind of know what kind of state they're going to be in. They could be at the beginning of their journey. It might discourage them. They could be into their journey and totally fine and open to it. But I would say, like, I would be more comfortable doing it with somebody who, like, I know and is a friend or a family member or somebody that I know, like, we can have real conversations. If you were to offer fitness advice to someone who is overweight, it totally depends on the situation, your relationship, and what they want. Obviously, nobody understands someone's health as well as themselves or a medical professional or you'd never know the whole picture. So unless someone's seeking out fitness advice from you, then I think you should probably err on the side of they know their body better than you do and you probably should keep your opinion to yourself. 
So friends, my next guest is somebody who I actually truly love and call a friend. He is one of the most beautiful people alive. I'm, I'm literally not joking with you all. Go to his Instagram the minute that I start talking to him because you're gonna be like, oh my gosh. But his beauty is not only on the outside, it's also on the inside. He's an acclaimed international model, he's a te television personality, and he's a singer. His new single, just came out. It's a banger. The video is hot and sexy. But many people know him for introducing the world to the lived experiences of trans men by sharing his personal story as a trans man. Everyone, please give it up for my friend, the beautiful, the kind, the intelligent, Laith Ashley. Hey, Laith. Hey, Karamo. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I, while you were saying all those things, I had to cover my mouth because I wanted to scream like no <laughs> <laughs> come on late you gotta know you are one of the most beautiful people on the face of this earth come on now uh... <laughs> you know what? i'm not even gonna let you do that i will i'm gonna queer eye you right now and you're gonna say i am beautiful <laughs> uh i mean i have beauties in the eye of the beholder <laughs> i'm always going to have trouble accepting compliments because i don't well one i don't want to be perceived as you know being full of myself but also Beauty takes work. <laughs> and I feel I feel ugly all the time. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I don't need anyone to see this. I'm not going outside today. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It actually really is refreshing for people, for me, to hear that you wake up just like the rest of us and are like, you know what? This is, I don't feel that good today. So where do you find the strength to then pick yourself up and walk on the world and say, okay, you know what? I can turn this attitude around. Um, I think, I mean, like everyone else, I have my ups and my downs, my downs. I'm a human being. I think, um, I allow myself to kind of sit in that, in that feeling for a little bit, but I, I try not to dwell on it too long because then that can lead you onto a downward spiral. Um, so I just tell myself, you know, I'm, I'm beautiful. I am good. I am worthy. Um, I'm a good person and I just get up and go. And as far as physical appearances, I just know, um, <laughs> I'm a Latin man, <laughs> I mean, I think Latin culture, I can say, at least from my experience, relies heavily on physical beauty. There's always this thing where you have to be well-kempt. We want others to perceive you as looking a certain way because it's not just about how you look. You're a representative of your family and your, and your name. So you don't want to be someone that kind of puts your family down in that sense. But we never hear about the trans male experience. Um, how does it feel for you to know that you are representing that experience and educating so many people? Um, at first, it, it felt like a lot of pressure because I was still trying to come into my own and my own skin and figure out who I was. And, you know, I'm st I still am. I, every day I'm discovering new things about myself and I'm learning and growing. There was I felt a lot of pressure from my community to always do and say the right things. So th there was pressure coming in from all different directions, from my like wanting, not wanting to disappoint my family um, on a personal level to wanting my career to really, you know, soar. And before I started in entertainment, I worked as a, a counselor for homeless youth and at Callan Lord, and I helped with um, having homeless youth apply for, for services. Every day, you know, I, I would see young people who were struggling. I was very fortunate to have what I had. I was able to get an education. I had supportive family, and I had things that, privileges that a lot of people don't have. So I also felt that, because of that experience, it was up. It was my responsibility to 
be an advocate for my community. Continuing with the the pressures of being like that perfect image for, you know, young trans people, especially young trans men who maybe saw themselves in me. Um, it was it was hard. But I think that I can only speak on my own experiences. Um, I try to answer as many questions as possible for young trans people um, who are looking to start their medical transition and try to lead them in the right direction as I can. Why do you think that we don't hear the experiences of trans men as much as we hear the experiences of trans women? We live in a society, I think, that, that kind of hates women. It's a big statement. If we look at our society as a whole, women have always been put like put second they come second secondary to to men it's always about you know the male gaze and where men stand men are always at least viewed as superior socially i think that for trans men once a trans man if they're healthy enough and can they can start testosterone treatment once those masculinizing features start coming about we kind of disappear or we can disappear we can be completely stealth um unless we're involved with someone where we have to tell them what it is. So I think that might be part of the reason why there's less trans men that are visible. It's because historically trans men tend to stay quiet. I think it's changing now. And it's all, there's also more people that are gender nonconforming and non-binary where they're more on the spectrum and they're the way that they dress and the way that they want to be perceived is, you know, on the spectrum. They don't, one day they might want they feel more feminine one day they might not. So there's there's things that like that that are changing. It's a it's a it's a tough question to answer because everyone is so different and everyone's transition is so different and everyone's not not everyone's goal is to be passable. Yeah, I appreciate you putting that in a context for a lot of people who might not understand that. You give a perspective and an understanding to some of the experiences that most of us don't hear about. I want to be myself. I want to say what I want to say and just put it out there, but I realized that this is where that pressure comes in. If I say something um, in a certain way, it might be taken the wrong way. And I know that I can't, I'm not perfect and I'm not going to speak in a way that's going to please everyone, especially in our community. That's it's so diverse. I feel like I have to be careful with what I say and how I say it, because the way that I speak or how I, I describe certain things, it can make someone feel less than because if they're yeah. in, in their transition and like not intentionally of course but you know i don't i just i never want to put anyone down um yeah that's where i'll leave that you know one of the things that i know that is a lived experience for many trans people is people like to comment on their bodies how often do people feel entitled to commenting on your body I'm glad you asked it that way because that's exactly what it is. It's people feel entitled because I am different from what is status quo. People are like so super entitled to what's going on with my body physically, like what's going on down there or like making, you know, really unnecessary commentary on certain things. As time went on, I began learning how to kind of handle that. You know, it's sometimes social media, the internet is really a free for all and you have to kind of separate yourself from that and realize that whatever negative things people say, it's kind of more about them than you. Amen. That is the truth. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So how do you deal with people commenting consistently on your body? I don't give the negative comments any any weight, or I try not to. Um, every now and then, you know, there's going to be one or two that get to me, but I just I just try to either delete it or I think Instagram now has an option where you can silence the individual without blocking them, so they're they can still be a follower if they're a follower and and keep up with what you're doing, but their comments are no longer visible um, to other people, so that it's not this whole mess in your comment section. <laughs> I really do think that the majority of people aren't necessarily trying to be hurtful. When people do say hurt, hurtful things or inappropriate things, I just think that they're not educated on on what is appropriate. Because uh, from my experience, at least recently, whenever someone does ask me something that's inappropriate, they are genuinely curious. If you look at dating apps now, for example, I know a lot of like trans guys that identify as gay, they'll be on maybe an app. It's an app for meeting potential dates. So they're going to be asked certain questions. And learning to navigate those questions and and while educating people at the same time, it's a lot of work. But I think in time, it's going to get better. You brought up a really good point of the fact that, yes, there are times when people's comments are not intentionally trying to be hurtful or their their questions aren't intentionally trying to be hurtful. They're curious. What do you say to them to educate them from a distance so now they can hear you through this podcast and know how to approach? There are a lot of resources online. Obviously, it's not the same. Um, and I tell even trans people this when they ask me um, how do they how to navigate certain things like this because there's no one answer. It really it, it really it depends on how comfortable you are with sharing your experience. Um, for me, it really depends on where I where I am. For example, if I'm at an event, if I'm at a party, if I'm hosting something. I am focused on my my work and my job. Someone coming up to me and asking me personal questions is just a highly inappropriate time. If you pull me aside and say like, hey, I've had this question I didn't know how to ask. I hope that it's not disrespectful in any way, but X, Y, Z, I am totally fine with being that person, giving you what my experience is and trying to explain it in, in that way. And also letting you know that my transition is mine and everyone's is different. So my answers, you can't, use my answers as an kind of an umbrella thing for everyone because it might not be the same. Yeah, that works. I think something you just said, which really resonated with me and I like to give people takeaways is asking someone, are you willing to share your experience? Because then the other person gives you permission that, yeah, you know, through our friendship, maybe I am willing to share something. And that way you're not just being intrusive or being obnoxious or putting someone in a, a position where they feel uncomfortable about talking about their body. As I shared with you before, we had someone who calls themselves overweight and people comment on their body constantly and constantly are giving them fitness advice. How do you feel about that? 
I just think if the person isn't asking for fitness advice, it's inappropriate to give it to them. <laughs> you know, they could be totally fine and, and content and happy with their appearance and their bodies. And now you're making them feel insecure by putting whatever you find healthy or beautiful and appropriate on this person who's not even looking for it. So I, I unless the person specifically asked you like, hey, I see that you're in shape. I would like like to get in shape or, or start my own fitness journey. Can you give me some advice? If they don't say that, then keep that to yourself. Hey, man, where do you think people get this entitled attitude? Because in my mind, I couldn't imagine going to somebody in the gym or somewhere and being like, um, so, hey, by the way, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Karamo? The only time that I would go up to someone in the gym for any reason is if I see them doing a, a workout where they're putting their bodies at risk of injury. I try to be as gentle as possible at all times so that people don't look at me as a threatening presence. So I believe that people really need to start to understand how to respect other people's bodies by first recognizing, would you want someone to ask you about your body? Right. Or would you want someone to comment on your body in this way? And if your reaction to yourself is no, then why would anybody else want to experience that? And, and I think that is a key lesson that people need to understand as they're approaching anybody else of saying, do, what, how would I feel if somebody came up to me and asked me something like this? If someone said, and I had to do this with a friend of mine recently. I, I call him a friend, but they're not really. We work together. And so now it's like, you know, because we've worked together for more than a year, it's like, oh, I guess we're acquaintances. But they were dating someone and they were who identified as trans. And they were like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go up to him and ask them about, like, their genitalia. And I was like, how would you feel right now if I asked you about your genitalia? And and he was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Uh, seriously, if I was to say right now, how big is your dick? How would you feel? And he was like, dude, that'd be weird. And I'd be like, exactly. So don't go up to anybody and ask them about their And I'm, I'm sorry for being so blunt with people, but you got to hear how ridiculous it sounds when you're like, hey, can I ask you about something that's private that you ain't got no business about? Or how would you feel if someone was like, Mm, you know what? I see that you've gained a little weight right there. Um, maybe you should try this. You'd want to punch the person. And I think people need to just p hear themselves say things out loud so that they can, you know, start to understand how to approach other people. So I'm going to let you know right now, if you came up to me in the gym and um, said anything to me about what I'd be doing, I'd be like, yes, Laith, anything you want. <laughs> So my question is, how many women do you have falling at your feet? Because every time you're in the room with me, every single girlfriend I have is like, every single guy I have too. I, I mean, everybody is just like, please. So are you dating? And what number do I have people call so that they can put their application in? <laughs> that is a, it's a tough one. I'm a, I'm weird. <laughs> so honestly, I've, I've never been a super sexual person. I didn't start, I started dating like at the end of high school and I've only dated, I've been with like six women like my entire life. And it's, I've been talking with my, my ex-girlfriend and it's very weird because I, I think I am coming to understand that I am asexual. Mm. This is part of the, the whole discovery process and trying to discover different things about myself, uh, you know, as time goes on. I thought that for a while that I just needed a very, very intense connection with someone to feel any urge for intimacy, which I think still may be the case, but um, it's I'm not driven in that way. Yeah. Like, I don't look at anyone in that way at all, and it takes, a, and if I do ever, it takes a hell of a long time. I want to be clear for anyone listening. 
for you, how do you define the term asexual? Asexual means you still can have sexual desires, like you can still be turned on physically and things like that, but I I don't care to have sex with anyone. If I never had sex with anyone again, I would be totally fine. Thank you so much for being on the show today and for talking about your experience, talking about your talent, but also being honest and transparent about our bodies and the way that we feel and how our bodies are connected to our minds. You really educated me, and I know you're going to educate our audience on so much, and it's very inspiring to always talk to you. Tell people what they should be downloading right now and every anything else. But yeah, I, I'm coming out. There's a new single that I did with my best friend. He's also an artist. His name is Kavion. It's called Gym Class. We did a very funny video to it that's going to be coming out at the end of May. But the actual song will be out on May 7th. So look out for that. It will be on all platforms. It's called Gym Class. I'll be promoting it promoting it on my Instagram. I'm at Laith underscore Ashley. You can also look me up on iTunes, Spotify, Laith Ashley, and check out my music on there as well. Laith, again, my friend, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to see you on the cover of People's Magazines as the Sexiest Man Alive <laughs> 2022. So I'm putting you in the universe. If that happens, I will. I don't know what I've probably jumped through the roof. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm putting in the universe. So I'm much. putting in the universe. So, you know. All right, my friend, listen, thank you so much and talk to you soon. All right. I'll talk to you soon. You should never offer unwarranted fitness advice to anybody, especially if they're overweight. Just because they're overweight, that doesn't mean that they're unhealthy. A skinny person can sit down and eat a big cheeseburger and fries and a shake, and no one's going to give them a look. Someone overweight sits down and eats the same thing. They get the looks. They get judged. So overweight doesn't mean that you're unhealthy. I don't think it's wrong to offer fitness advice to somebody that might be having health issues or overweight. I think it needs to be your friend or somebody you know well. I wouldn't do it to somebody randomly, and I would do it with love. I'm going to be very careful on how I phrase it to make sure that person sees that advice as helpful and not harmful, but I probably wouldn't do it to a stranger. What a great conversation. I want to thank TJ for sharing his story. And I want to thank Laith for sharing his story and being so open and transparent about where he is currently in his life. Listen, friends, what I know to be true is that if someone doesn't ask for your opinion on their body, don't share it. Stop and think. How would you feel if someone commented on your body when you didn't want that attention? Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Also, we are all curious about other people's experiences. That's what it means to be a human being. But when it comes to other people's bodies, you must check your curiosity at the door and enter people's space with kindness and respect. Friends, as always, thank you for listening and growing with me. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Karamo to let me know your feelings about today's episode. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Karamo, a podcast, is an entertainment show. For advice or support on any emotional or mental challenges, please contact a licensed professional in your town. This show was produced by Karamo, Nick Panella of Workhouse Media, and assisted by Ellie Charles. All music composed by Ernie Wooden and the Big Woozy Band, and all episodes are edited by Nathan Moody. Thank you for listening and growing with us. Hey.